The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Welcome to the first episode of season three of the SWM podcast. How we've got that far, I'm not sure. I am joined this week. Sorry, I've introduced myself. My name is Billy, as always. I am joined this week in this debut episode of season three by the Dog of War, Luke Matthews. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Billy. I'm very excited about this. I mean, really, I was supposed to be taking about a month break of doing recordings, but that hasn't happened because I was like, right, I've got all these dates that I'm just sitting in the house. I'll just contact Luke Matthews. I'll just contact people I haven't had on before, and here I am. It's uh, not even finished season two yet in the in the actual real life timeline, and I'm still recording uh, into season three now. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining me. Big question, always the same. Nothing changes in that respect. How did you get into pro wrestling? What got you hooked? Um, well, that started off uh, way back in the nineties when I was when I was growing up, being in the nineties. Everyone knew wrestling. You knew your Hulk Hogan's, your um, Undertaker's, all the rest of it. So I knew it was there. Didn't bother too much about it. But it wasn't until I saw a photo of Kane in the late 90s. And what that done was it totally changed my like how I view what a wrestler should look like. Like Kane at the time looked like something out of like a comic book or like a manga or an anime. And that that's what got me interested. I thought, right, I'll check it out, see what's see what's happening in wrestling. And this was the time when um Kane had the storyline with Tori and X Pac. Um Stone Cold had just been run over. <laughs> so and all these wacky and mental storylines that were happening in the attitude there at the time. And it's just one raw finish I went need to know what happens now, and so on and so forth. That, that means we're in a very similar time frame, because my first memory was Kane and Undertaker in Inferno mm-hmm. Match. So that, that's that's pretty much set around the same time. Um, yeah, that, that's... Just when you were saying that, yeah, I just remember, like, before getting into wrestling, I remember, like, Macho Man on, on like, Big Breakfast, and you'd see, uh, I don't know, Big Daddy being interviewed on this morning or something like that. Um, so it was always yeah. around. But yeah. It, you know, my, sorry. That was good to say. Right, go. um, the, you'll probably laugh at this. This is, this is how old I am as well. But um, my gateway to Randy Savage was in one of the episodes in Baywatch that he done with Hulk Hogan. I thought you were going to say Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know which way it was going to be younger than me or older than me, and I thought, which one? But yeah, okay, Baywatch. Remember Baywatch? Uh, but no, it's, it's the same as like when you say like, you're aware of it. I think if you speak to anyone, anyone at all that you think they don't watch wrestling, you speak to them and go, "Oh, I quite like wrestling." Oh, I remember Steve Austin. I remember Ricky Steamboat for some older people. Ric Flair. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things that. Everyone knows, just some obsessed about it more than others. So you went from watching it, uh, starting right in 98, and uh, I've got noted that you start training in 2014. So 
how did you get to a point where you thought, right, I'm going to actually try and do some wrestling? Um, it was it was actually one of my friends who trained at Source previously, um, but she only trained for like a few months and she she got a really bad injury because of it. So she decided it was best to maybe stay away just for her health, uh, which is fair. Like it's wrestling, it, it can and does happen sometimes. But she said to me, like, why don't you try that out? It's like you go to wrestling shows up and down the country, you you live and breathe it. So why not try and do it? And at the time I was wasn't in the best place men- mentally, like um just, just more in a rut than anything else. But anything new just didn't excite me. But at the same time, every day is the same. So it was this vicious circle. And um it was just I think it was like four or five, maybe six months after she put the idea in my head. I just woke up one Sunday morning and went, saw that, I'm going to try it out. And that Sunday I went to the social wrestling school and that was, the rest is history, basically. Um, never looked back. And do you have a bit of an athletic background beforehand? Because I know you do a lot of striking and... and uh... I was I know nothing about martial arts, so I would be, I would look stupid if I decided to start naming them. But do you do a bit of martial arts beforehand? Uh, I have about ten years worth of experience in Muay Thai. Not any like big levels like Dean Ford or anything. Like he's he's a national champion um, in Britain and stuff. Like I was nowhere near that level of. Um, but it was it was a hobby for me. But it's something that I, I sunk my teeth into and. I was really happy to do. Um, I've, I've got that. I've had, I've dabbled in all sorts of martial arts as well, but Muay Thai is like my main one, and that kind of reflects my style. Sometimes I think. Uh, so in the last answer, you gave me so many things to spin off from. So we'll start with the earliest one. You say you got show, you went to shows up and down the country. Do you remember what who was on your first uh, UK show uh, at all? Um. Not off the top of my head, um, Gradle, because at that time, Gradle was everywhere. Um, trying to think, yeah, it was, it would mean like your your mainstays of Scottish wrestling around the time, like Wolfgang, uh, Jack Jester, all the rest of it. Which, which company was it? Do you mind? Um, I want to say it was an SWA show. I couldn't tell you when or where it was, though. I couldn't tell you for the life of me. Uh, I mean, that kind of makes sense. If, if you started at Source and then around about the same area, I'm mm. guessing they would have ran. Uh, so the first, you got a little bit of a contact sport uh, in your in your history then. What was it like for that first session? Was it a, a big learning curve? Were you surprised? What were your first thoughts? Uh, what in... In the Muay Thai side, or uh, like um, your first wrestling, wrestling training? <laughs> Makes sense as a wrestling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you say um, that, but we've got stupid questions coming up, so don't. Do, it's it's uh, yeah. <laughs> um, at first, it was it was quite hard just getting myself back into that like physical level that that you need for wrestling. Like, um, it's not as easy as the the general public might actually think it is not through like ignorance it's just just a lack of education about it more than anything else um so it was 
it was really hard, especially that first month when um when the trainer at the time was Damo and Nicky. You know, um they were they were really hard with Ricardo, especially Nicky. She is she is an absolute machine. Um she was pushing us really hard with um Ricardo at the time, uh, Demo or Killian Dane. Um they were the same, so that was hard. But once you get into that and you start feeling better about yourself, you start feeling fitter and it does wonders for your for your mental health and just your physical well-being as well and then that's when you start getting into the good stuff in wrestling like the storytelling learning moves putting matches together and stuff that's that's where you start to really have fun with it it really is like it's a it's a dance because everything's about timing about placement i mean and then you got to throw yourself on the floor uh, or into the, the canvas every so often but um i think that's that's what a lot of people say oh it's it's all all fake but yeah but you have to be physically fit to be able to do it like uh and like bali and i'm wrestling in bali but uh it's, it's like bali it's, it's a it's a dance that you have to be fit to do um so do you remember who was in your first couple classes was anyone still going um Scott McManus and Matt Daly were there. So was Grant McIver, actually. They were they were just ready to debut when I started. That's how I remember that. They were they were just chapping on the door, ready to go. Quite quite a good collection of uh, source wrestling mainstays as well. Mm-hmm. So you're doing training. You got your first match coming up. Uh, I did have it written down, but it's probably it's cage match, so it's probably wrong. Uh, do you remember what your first match was and how you were told you were you were you were doing it? Um, it was my very first um, match. My debut was a triple threat against David Devlin and Dylan Hendry. So that was just three guys that like to smack each other very very hard, right up my alley. Um, did not even get a chance to feel nervous about it. I was too busy being excited and I was too busy going over what we were doing in the match and just like it was weird because a lot of people get really nervous about the debut and write this all because it can be really daunting. But um I was I was just excited to get out there because the way I saw it was um you only get one debut, you get to do that once. So, don't fear it. Embrace it. Um, did you find that um, working with? I mean, it was a, it was a showcase, uh, SWA showcase, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that's right. So it's usually uh, friends and family that will be in the crowd. So it'll be a, it's a little bit less nervous, uh, nerve wracking about it. Uh, did you find that, or was it something working with the crowd, trying to get them involved? Is that something you had to kind of build upon? Uh, yeah, that's something that you really learn with time. That that's that's an experience thing that you, that you learn as you go along. When it comes to um, getting through your debut, if you've got that right off the bat, brilliant by all means, use it. But um, just focus on the match, keep your head clear, and it it looks after itself basically. Uh, you've, you've done pretty well with uh, with Source Rest. And of course, you went into the, the Violence Institute uh, with Matt Daly and 
ADM. Um, so it's like we put into when we mapped you, you trained with him, of course. ADM is probably not was I think he was there for quite a while and in and out. Uh, was like we put into a big faction that was kind of overrunning uh, source. Um, it was a bit of a surprise to me when I was told that's what was happening. But um, it's just it's just I never saw myself as like a faction guy. I always saw myself as a singles guy. But at the same time, I'd only been wrestling for a couple of months. So I did have to say to myself, the guy that's booking me in this faction probably knows what he's doing. So, um, so that's, I, I just trusted his, his gut and his instincts. And... I ended up having a brilliant time with it because it gave me something storyline-wise to focus on and learn and how to build relationships inside wrestling storylines and stuff like that. It's stuff that you don't really get a chance to do much. Uh, that was going to be a moment. I was going to put the light on because a cloud just went right in front of the sun here. Just give me a second. <laughs> I'm just seeing myself disappearing in the darkness. <laughs> um, just, just the way it's, 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 it's just so glaring. That's the only problem with it, having the light on. Um, it used to be better. Well, when I had it in the old studio position, the light would just be right above it, so it was even worse. It just, just shone off my head, uh, like a, like I was a light bulb. Uh, so yeah, you're That's in that. I'm, I, I, I'm trying to, tout, <laughs> I'm trying to tout sponsors to like just send me a hat, send me a hat with your stuff on it, so I can just advertise it and I don't pay for a hat. Uh, so come on, guys, just. Uh, so you're at the Violence Institute, that broke up uh, quite emphatically. But yeah, so like you said, you're involved with storylines and also gives you the chance to kind of, because uh, you're with Matt Daly, ADM, these guys are big on the mic, they'll talk for days and you can kind of catch up or learn um, yeah, interactions with that. Um, you're in this the first tournament for the Source Championship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you've yeah, like I say, your, your source run has uh, is, is been pretty fulfilling. You've done quite a lot. Is there anything particularly in your early, like your first year or so, that you're particularly proud of? Um, that would be... That would be everything from being able to work for the likes of Jackie Polo and um, being able to be on the same card as British Strong Style when Source ran a a govern show there. Um, so being able to say that I was on the same card as Pete Dunn and Tyler Bay when he was still um, NXT UK champion at the time. And that's that's, that's pretty like pinch yourself moments. Um, being involved in any show at the, the Motherwell Concert Hall with SWA as well. That's a, that's a fantastic venue. I love that venue so much, man. Uh, speaking of that govern the govern crowds is is something isn't it I've only ever watched it on YouTube but oh my god um, if if you ever do get the chance to go to one of those shows go to it man you will not regret it <laughs> like to, to paint you a picture um, see if you're a heel at that crowd imagine you've went into an old firm game okay Celtic Rangers, last last game of the season, the winner takes the title. So people are really ang- angry and angsty right off the bat. 
Imagine you're a Celtic fan who's accidentally went into the Rangers end. <laughs> That's what it's like being a heel there. Uh, and if you've got one insecurity, they will find it and they yes. will just rip you to shreds because it's yes. just... I do do not do not let the fact that their kids throw you off or fill you. They are rabid. They are demonic. And I, I, I love them so much for the fire, man. I just could not believe it when I was watching it going, right, okay, I'm, this is this is sounding quite rough. Who's oh my god, it's just kids. There's only kids here. Where where is the adult supervision? They're just they're just so mean. <laughs> but, uh, so another match I wanted to bring up was of course you were in a four-way with Speedball Mike Bailey. Yes. Uh again that that's a little bit different to your, your style, but also kind of same because he's high flying, but he also does that kitty stuff. He's he's got a very extensive background in martial arts as well. Um far more extensive than my own. And um, it shows because everything Mike does is picturesque. It's beautiful to watch. See, so one of those guys that you kind of just just like pick the brain of uh, before and after the show. Yeah, like his his outlook, his philosophy, um, everything his outlook on wrestling is is um, it was a joy to to listen to him. It was a joy to get a chance to work with him and learn from him. Especially as guys whose works. Across, along, across the world I was about to say along the world this is an AJ Styles uh, flat earth joke uh, but it, it's along across the world um, so he, he's definitely picked up enough enough bits and pieces bits of puzzles that he could pass on uh, the other thing you did in the source is of course uh, your tag team with Nathan North which was unfortunately titled Doggers of the North at first uh, yeah. I think I asked Nathan whose idea was that I don't think he, he took blame who, who? It definitely wasn't me. <laughs> um, was, was it just miscommunication? Was Dogs of the North the plan? And someone just went, okay, Dogs of the North it is. I don't, I don't know what, what happened. Um, I don't even think it was us, to be honest. I think someone said it as like a passing comment somewhere, and it just became a big running gag. <laughs> uh, as soon as I saw it, I think I was probably quacky or something, the results. I looked at it. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Not, not doggers of the north. It can't be. No, it was okay. That's, that's, that's <laughs> what it was. Yep, yep. So back, here we got promo on it and everything. <laughs> uh, back into the tag team ranks then. So uh, before the world ended, Source were actually planned to bring in tag team championships. Was that kind of your where you were seeing yourself uh, moving? When uh, um, I don't think you were in the tournament though. I just realised. Can't remember if there was plans for me and Nathan to be in the tournament. Um, I think it got spoke about, but I don't know if there was anything concrete. I'm I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Um, it would have been an absolute honour to be involved in that tournament, though, because some of the teams were were just absolutely amazing in that. That would have been so much fun. Absolutely, and uh, was it more than hype and? Uh... Of course, fair, fair, fair City Saints, and I'm sure there was, there was plenty of others that I'm just not remembering. Um, I think, was it Source that you had the unfortunate tweet exchange with Dean Ford? Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. I love this picture. <laughs> and I, I put up a, a best of 
uh, by the time this comes out, I would have put it out uh, just just of that clip of ADM speaking about it because it just it makes me laugh every time. Uh, <laughs> yes, that Dean Ford photo, which I'm not going to put up in this episode because I put it up everywhere. It's ingrained uh, in my mind anyway, man. So. Do you remember what your first thought was when you re- reply? Was it like, oh no, I um, may have been yes. That's exactly what it was. Like um, the story behind that is, um, like me, me and Dean were booked against each other. The the match graphics and stuff were out, so we could promote the match. We could start promoting it. So um, I knew Dean had like a background. I knew he was a proficient martial artist and a striker. Um, at the time, I just did not know how extensive he was. I like I knew he was a good kickboxer. I just didn't know he was a bloody national champion. <laughs> um, so when I saw that photo, I just, like, I saw him that, that day of the show and I shook his hand. And I just went, well played, mate. You got me. Just just uh, message the promoter going, nah, it's all right, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I don't want to be. I'll, I'll just count me out. It's all good. I, I, I've, I've lost I'm, before I'm, I've got in. I'm washing my beard that night, mate. <laughs> um, so, so not only source, though, you have made your travels around... Uh, the country, you've been at Respect and uh, in Reckless as well. Uh, is there any 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 moments, matches in front of a brand new crowd that they particularly enjoyed? Anything that comes to mind, funny or not? Um, like um, the very first time I worked for Respect was a show at the the Garnock Community Club or the Social Club. Sorry, um, they were. They're such a good crowd to work because they're not, they're very different from Govan. I hadn't worked in the Govan crowd at that time anyway, but it can be so hard to keep a crowd engaged and draw them in sometimes, especially for the not wrestling fans. But the good thing about the Garnick venue was I don't think they had much of a wrestling culture there, other than what they saw on TV. So I felt I felt a bit like they were happy to be there, they were happy to see some wrestling. So they were not not easy to put in, but they were they were lively to engage with. Like they reacted to a lot of um, a lot of stuff, and it just it makes it makes for a much better show for everyone if everyone's on that same wavelength. Sometimes, absolutely. I mean, I, I know from well for living up in the north uh, east. Um, of course, WrestleZone's our closest company, which is an hour and a half away. So W3L come up once a year. And uh, I suppose, I mean, you might end up travelling up here for SWA Rock and Wrestle at some point, I'm sure, in Inverness. But it, when they come once a year in Elgin, the place is just, they just want wrestling. That's all they want to see. They don't care who it is. As long as there's a good guy to cheer and a bad guy to boo, that's really all they want. Yeah, sometimes that sometimes that's the best thing you can you can give someone, you know. Sometimes it's sometimes best just to leave your brain at the door and just enjoy it, you know. That's it. I mean, I, I started doing. I was writing reviews and that, and I thought I'm just I'm not. When, when it's, it's fine when Adam's also at the show because he writes the one. This move happened. This is how it happened, and I'll just write down. I felt it was really good. Because that's all I'm going into. I just want something that I enjoy. <laughs> that's it. If I don't like it, I'll go, yeah, it was a bit rubbish. <laughs> that's, that's about it. Um, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm doing podcasting now instead of writing reviews because that's much easier. <laughs> no, 
nobody wants to read me just go it was really good that was amazing oh that was a bit rubbish they, they, they want they want stories about what's happening yeah yeah uh so one story that brought that i'm hoping that I've, I've remembered it rightly but grant mciver told me that you took your current partner on your first date was that a steps concert am i remember that rightly yeah. <laughs> what's yeah. your love for for late 90s early 90s pop uh there's not a lot of like steps were there and they're all supported by the Venga boys like Sounds like the best not going to be there but um <laughs> but yeah um my my partner who i'm living with now um but back then like I really liked her and stuff, and it was just that way. Like, how do you go about like um, breaking the ice and making that first step? Um, my first step was message mes to message her and ask if she was free, like whatever night it was. And she went, "Yeah, why? I've got spare tickets to sets." That's not what she was expecting at all. That's what I'm thinking because it was like when, it's, when when Grant told me, I was like. I mean, I love Steps, so it was all good for me, but I was just like, I would not have picked you <laughs> to, to go, right, first date, where are we going? I'm going to go take you to Steps. Uh, so, uh, best songs, favourite songs? Um, deep Cuts, anything? Um, I've got a massive backlog of songs in my head, but see, now that you said, name a Steps song. <laughs> um, my favourite... My favourite was always 5678. That was my gateway one and it's one of the ones where I just I cannot stop myself from dancing to it. Like ask Matt and Daly and Sammy Joe about their engagement party when they played that song. Uh, do, do you remember the dance? Did you used to get the CD and get the instructions and learn <laughs> it? I learned on top of the pops, mate. <laughs> That's the way to do it. I, I, speaking of five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, um, yeah, my, my one of my mates went, and I was, I was, what was that? Some sort of, I wasn't Usher, probably an Usher. I can't remember, but I was at it, and my wife loves that kind of music, Steps, Westlife, you mm -hmm. name it, that kind of jive. And uh, yeah, during, during her, during their dance late in the night, it was her teaching me how to do the dance to five, six, seven, eight, and here we were in the middle of the dance floor. Looking like idiots. <laughs> so, so I want to say this right now. See, at the end of this interview, I want the both of us over Zoom to do the dance to five, six, seven, eight. The internet might might conveniently <laughs> die <laughs> <laughs> because it was like four years ago. I, I remembered, but but uh, maybe maybe follow my lead, man. Follow my lead. <laughs> well, I'm sure we've got more dancing to come because Kwaku asked, uh, "Can you do the worm?" Yes and no. Yes and no. Do you think you can do the worm? Is that? <laughs> I, I absolutely think I can do the worm, and I learned the very hard way the last time I tried to do it that I cannot do the worm. Um, so the story of that, that is um, me and uh, Laura, my girlfriends, we um, it was my birthday night out, and we went to the cat house, and during that night we bumped into Quacker, and he was there with a bunch of guys, someone from another wrestling school. Um, I think it might have been GPWA or whatever, but um, he's he's just jumped in in the middle of the all and called dance off. 
So everyone's all busting their moves and stuff. I hang back, lean over to Lauren and say, do I do the worm here? She looked at me. She has no idea whether I can or cannot do the worm. The fact <laughs> that I've said, should I do the worm, makes her think I can do the worm. So she looks at me and goes, you absolutely do the worm. So I went into the middle and uh, when I jumped to, to go down, one thing I one very basic thing I forget about the cat house, especially the floor, people spill drinks on it. It gets kind of slippy. So my hands slipped and I've went chin first into the ground. Oh. Pretty quickly, somehow saved the motion, got myself back up, everyone's all cheering. I lean over to, to Laura and whisper in her ear, I just rattled my chin a billion there. <laughs> she pulled back to lean away and then she just sees blood dripping down her arm. <laughs> so I've I've went to the toilet to try and do something and I, I think drunk me somehow thought soap heals blood wounds, that, that'll be fine. So I'm rinsing my beard and hand wash. Um, it was, yeah, so... Um, Remember, kids, if you cannot do the worm, do not do the worm. I, I, when you said the cat house, I thought my next thought was going to be you're either going to, you're going to go down and not come back up because you'll be stuck. I've only read the cat house once, but I've heard enough stories to to, <laughs> to gather that information. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a slippery and sticky place. <laughs> um, I did, I, when, I, when I read that, I thought, can you do the worm? I thought, okay, it's going to be a story, but I did not expect you just to absolutely blur your face. I've, I've got a scar and everything that's like, you can't even see it. But, so um, the, the beard, you're keeping the beard. If, if I shave the possible. beard, you'd see a big massive scar right on the edge of my chin. <laughs> uh, Manlin's so ass. this is here to stay now. <laughs> oh, I mean, mine's just here to stay because if I take mine off, I, I, you, you reveal the chins underneath, <laughs> and because I'm bald, also, uh, I mean, you'll have the same issues, I suppose, but you'd look like a thumb, and I can't, I can't do that. I've done it once for a wedding, and it was just as soon as I did it, I went home. My, my soon-to-be wife looked at me, and went, "No, you're not doing that again. That you're never shaving again because <laughs> that I can't look at you anymore." I thought, "Ah, oh, okay, well." This is the real me. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Manlin's asked, uh, who's your favourite dog from Source? Sorry, it's big Doug. There's a difference. Favourite dog from Source? I cannot, in all good conscience, pick a favourite dog because that is just discrimination, in my opinion. Um, and I know if I picked one right now, I would have every other member of Source coming up to me going, what's wrong with my dog? <laughs> but um, but uh, honourable mentions include like Lily, who's Manlin's dog. Um, she is an absolute sweetheart, absolute fickle, but a sweetheart nonetheless. Um, ADM's dog Sable, she is a thing of beauty as well. Um, who else has dogs in source? I'm going to get stick for that now. <laughs> um. So my answer to that is all dogs, all 13 out of 10. I, I was kind of hoping, I've, I've left the door kind of ajar, but because Sandy uh, goes in a huff with me, if I speak to other people over Zoom, she won't oh. come into the room. 
because uh, yeah, she, she's gone and, and, and huffed and going sleeping on my pillow because that's what she does because she's an idiot. Uh, or, no, actually, no, she's not an idiot because she knows that that'll annoy me even more by sleeping on my pillow. <laughs> um, Jetstream Jax asked, What's your favourite song from MGR? Ooh. I had to Google who they were. Metal, Metal Gear Rising, the video game. Ah, oh, well, I got totally wrong because I, I <laughs> banned MGR. Uh, oh, mustard nice. Gun Roses or something like that. And I thought, is he just misspelled MCR? That is a really hard one. Like, me, me and Jack have bonded like a ridiculous amount over how good that game was, in our opinion. Um, we, we stand MGR basically. Um, my favorite song would either be A Stranger I Remain or The Hot Wind Blowing. I, I will pretend to know, I know, I know what both of them sound he, like. He'll know, he'll know, he'll be he'll sitting know. there popping. That's fine. That's well, as, long as, as long as Jack has is, is got the answer he wanted, that is, that is all <laughs> our questions for. So, back to wrestling for a bit, then. Uh, of course, I'll say back to wrestling last year. Nothing happened. Well, we got to, to March, was it March 16th or something like that? We were uh, all set home. It's lockdown time. So wrestling's over. Training's pretty much over. How did you keep yourself busy? Or we're still in lockdown, but how are you keeping yourself busy during this, this pandemic? Um, well, the first lockdown, I thought I'd done relatively well, given the circumstances. Um, the, me and a lot of the Source guys done a lot of... Um, workouts over Zoom together. Um, like Griffin, he does, he frequently does like hit workouts and stuff, like through his um, PT company and stuff as well. We're all more welcome in, in that. Um, he, he's amazing, by the way. Um, special mention to you, Griffin. Thank you so much for that plan. It has made a massive difference to me. Um, also, I ended up buying like a crash mat to practice my bumps on. Um, it is not a good mat to practice your bumps on. Um, I think I, I, I should have just bumped on the concrete. I'd have been safer. Um, that mat is now a bed for the dog whenever I get him to stay over. So, so I'm just, just working out. Uh, have, you, have you fallen into the trap of Twitch that everyone dabbled with so far? No, I haven't because... Um, the way I play games, like you see, um, like Manlin, Emily Hayden, Nathan North, they are really, they're really chatty. They're like outgoing personalities, especially when they're playing games. Um, I'm not. I'm, I'll, I'll be the most boring twitcher on health if um, if I try to do it. It's just me sitting at full concentration, like tunnel vision. That, I was the same. That's, that's why I kind of, well, one, I stopped because half the folk that I created for 2K20, I couldn't use anymore. But uh, the other reason was I just, I like to just be able to go into my own little world, maybe put a podcast on and just play. And I can get annoyed at dying as much as I want without anyone watching me. Because <laughs> I'm not, I, I'll play games, but am I good at them? No, I'm, I'm not good at them at all. So I was, yeah, I was, I was the just same. found the right game. Oh no, I've, I've tried plenty. Oh no, I, was like, I like it. I play Uncharted and stuff like that. I'm, I'm okay at it. I'm okay at it, but not well enough for me to 
like play it and go, hey guys, subscribe, follow. Oh, look at this. I'm just like, oh God, I have to remember to actually hit that target. Otherwise I'm just dead. I'll start again. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I can't concentrate on both. Uh, right, let's look to the future then. Wrestler's coming back, apparently, at some point. Uh, where do you want to go? Where, where's your short-term goals to get to and to wrestle? My short-term goals is just to get back to where I was um, before the lockdown. Like, um, before before we shut down, physically, I felt I was in the best condition I've ever been at the time. Um I felt good. I thought I looked good. Um, so I just wanted, I just wanted to get back to that first and foremost. I want to see all my mates at Source. I want to be able to do the whole wrestling, shake hands, things. I want to be able to kick them in the chest again. Um, that's that's the short term goals. Just let's just get wrestling back, and then we can worry about taking it forward and taking it further again. Uh, do you have any long-term ones then? Anywhere you want to be? Is it to um, Japan, AEW, NXT, or What's your, what's your I, end game? I, I would never say no to AEW or NXT or anything like that. Um, but for me, it's just keep doing this as long as my body tells me that I can do it. Like, um, wherever that takes me, I'll be happy with that. But... Um, whether I'm travelling the world as an indie superstar or if I'm just up and down Scotland, either way, I get to do something that I absolutely love and it's a privilege to perform for the paying crowd, not the other way around. So as long as I get to do that, I'll be happy. It's a nice outlook on life for it. Um, because there's no actual set uh, system for this podcast, still, we're in three seasons and they're still not. Uh, I'm just going back to, to your character. So the Dog of War. Dog of War, yep. Luke Matthews. Uh, you come in with the with the camo face paint. What was your idea behind the, the nickname and the the look of your character? Um, well, when, when I started... When I first debuted in wrestling, I was trying to find something to sink in, something to give myself a bit of character, rather than just big, angry, baldy, bearded guy who punches people. Um, that that's going to get stale pretty quickly. Um, so I was just trying to think of a lot of different things, things that things that are relevant, things that are real to people. And one that kept popping in my head was war. War's very real. War's something that we all know about we all know how how we can impact people so it's it's relevant to a lot of people and um i thought that the dog of war because in the violence institute i was more like the attack dog sort of version and like adm was the the whole grandeur sort of stuff matt daly was the the evil um the mouthpiece and zero was zero. Um, I was basically like the attack dog sort of thing. That's how I saw myself anyway. And also with how I work, because I'm pretty, I'm pretty intense and I'm pretty aggressive with how I work in the ring as well. So I thought attack dog, and it just it's just one of those things that just melds together. And then one day when I said it out loud, I thought sounds not too bad. 
I've not been told not to use it. So, um, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's one to start. And the face paint, that's actually another video game re- reference um, from the video games uh, Skyrim. One of the one of the characters in that has similar similar face paint. So it's a little little wee nod to that, and um, I think it just looks cool too. It does. I mean, face paint in general, I don't think enough people, well, it's good that not enough people use it because that means when people do use it, it looks cooler. Um, so, I mean, we're revealing the, the Dog of War Luke Matthews has got a bit of a proper nerdy side to him that's that's not reflected in the ring. Uh, between There's your, a reason for that. <laughs> to, for your love of steps and uh, <laughs> Venga Boys and right, anyone, any other ones? Because, I mean, I, I love Westlife. I, I will not. I was supposed to go see them last year uh, in Inverness, oh. and I've never been so gutted that I can <laughs> go. And then um, my wife's going to Wembley whenever that may be, and I'm I'm like sitting there hoping that their her mate can't go because I'm just like I'd really like to go. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like e- even now, like I I remember seeing them way back in the nineties, um, in their heyday. Um, who was it? Sepoils, another really obscure point break that were called. There's a really obscure boy band. I remember I know of them. Yeah. Yeah. They they supported them. Um, but that when I saw them back then and when I saw them a couple of years ago, like they're still every bit as good. It was still every much a fun concert. Um, um, that's, that's why I wanted to go. I mean, I, I would say, sorry, I say I loved them, but I think it's just because of, my wife is a super fan, so it's just buried into my head now and I can't not enjoy the music. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was like, oh, Inverness, I'll go see that. I'll take my mum, she likes it as well. Mm. That would be great. And then when they cancelled it, a little bit more than me that I thought was disappointed that I couldn't go. Mm. Hopefully McFly is, is next. Fingers mm. crossed. Be good. I've got Scooter still to, to come as well. Scooter. It'll be the third time I've seen Scooter. I'm, I'm not apologising. I'd call them Guilty Pleasures, but I'm not sorry. I I only know like two songs of Scooter. and <laughs> I mean, it's probably the same ones everyone else knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I like that. If, if, you can like cool music all you want, but I, I like if you listen to something that is inherently disgustingly cheesy, and I am all over it. It is just the best. Um, I've, I've, uh, the song that I particularly like to annoy my, annoy my wife with is uh, Jimmy Neil, Be No Doubt. Oh, yeah. Oh, she oh. hates it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sure of it. Uh, anyway, right. uh, and any companies you want to get to? I mean, we said look to the future. You just want to get back to wrestling. But is there any companies that you have your eye on? Um, there's there's a million and one promotions up and down the UK who who I, I, I would be honoured. I'm not going to name drop any because that that feels kind of cheap to me. I'd rather. I'd rather not say hi, come book me. I'd rather um, just put the walk in and be there and merit. But um, there's there's so many out there that I would I would love to work for, and I'd I'd be honoured if I had that opportunity, no matter how big or small. Uh, and dream opponents. Now I'm assuming one will be Alistair Black because yeah. you've you've stated in many interviews 
that I found, I think moments of action with ourselves as well, um, that, that he's, he's the guy that you kind of model your style on. Um, did he ever actually come to Source? He seems like the kind of guy who would have dropped in at some point when he um, was on the Indies. He never, he never actually worked for Source. He worked for SWA. Ah, times. Um, but he'd, he'd had a few um, seminars with Source like before he got signed and stuff. Um, but they were they were really good. Like um, it was him that basically changed my outlook on how I want to be a wrestler. Like um, the first seminar we had, I was less than six months in, and it, before then, it was just it was a hobby to me. It was just yeah, this is fun. I'm enjoying myself here. But um, it was it was after that first seminar with Alistair where I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to take the ball and run with it here. I'm, I'm just going to see just how good I can be and just how far I can go. And um, even even listening to him, he's see if for whatever reason he doesn't make it as a wrestler. Um, he's got a wonderful career as a motivational speaker. Like the, the guy gets it. The guy absolutely gets it. Like life in general, he's he, he gets it. You know. Um, so, other than Alistair Black, then, if you had your choice of opponents, uh, we'll say that they're still active, I suppose, because mm -hmm. these, these are possible then. Uh, who, who would you want? Say a couple of names, three, five. I mean, who um, would you want to face? I'd love another crack at Mike Bailey because um, he, if it wasn't for him in that match, it wouldn't have opened my eyes on just how good I actually can be when, um, when I believe in myself. Like I, I struggle sometimes um, with like self belief a lot, um, and Mike just took that away from me for that match. Like I felt, I felt like I belonged in that ring with him that night, and it's that's made me really. It's done wonders for my self belief since then. It's made me feel like yeah, maybe I can be in the ring with these sort of guys. Um, I was supposed to work Mark Haskins a while ago, but unfortunately, like two or three days before the mat, the show, he got injured and I had to pull out. Unfortunately, so um, I would love nothing more than to work with Mark. Um, I, I was a massive fan of him beforehand, and it would, it would be an absolute honour to work with him. Um, there's a bunch of other guys like. There's, there's too many to name, really. Um, I, could, I could just name drop some more Joe and just just get him to put, put the, the hold on me, the clutch, just clutch me. And just tap it right away, that'll be me. Just walk in and go, just hold me, Joe. I'm okay, just hold, hold me. me. Joe. Hold, hold me, me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll move on to my, my ridiculous questions that are still going to be in this season, which I'm so excited for. Uh, first off, what's your favourite dinosaur? Favorite dinosaur, um, raptor, I guess. It's one I've never thought about. I've never had much thought about. That's gonna keep me awake at night. It's one of those where you'll just like start thinking of much like when we finish this, you'll think of every step song ever uh, until like you're a deeper shade of blue or something, and then you'll just be like, uh, it'll be like one for sorrow. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> 
that was a horrible way to ham fist titles of step songs in there. Uh, so yeah, uh, Raptor, fine, solid choice. And the other question we have is, what would win a fight, two sheep or one cow? I want to give this the this. I want to give this a serious thought that the question deserves. Um, I will say though that that that's just the question. You can, uh, if you want to imagine it's two rams, if you want to imagine it's a Highland cow, this is all stuff that could go on your head. That's just the question: two sheep or one cow. You can you can spin it off in your head as much as you want. Um, I'm going to go for the cow just because of how much I love steak. Um, they, they get they get the steak vote. Fair, so, cow, 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 yeah, cow. steak over kebab. Yeah, steak over kebab. <laughs> okay, so so we've looked to the future. We've looked to uh, what you hope, hopefully will get to do and who you want to face. We've looked at the past. Uh, if if you were to somehow travel back to twenty fourteen and uh, encounter yourself again, is there any advice you give yourself? Um, in terms of wrestling, don't change anything. I know that might sound weird because you'll get a lot of people say, open your friggin' mouth or, I nearly, nearly done it now, um, open your mouth or like engage with the crowd. But um, I'm a big believer of if you don't make certain mistakes, you're not going to learn from them. You're not going to progress. And I was lucky enough to be, when I made these mistakes or these things that I, could, I need to learn, I was lucky enough to be surrounded by what felt like an army of people who, who could help you and push you on and make you better. So personal circumstances meant I could afford to give myself that advice. But... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a genuine believer of um, learn from your mistakes and progress and grow as a person. Oh, yeah. Every mistake is part of the journey. Yeah. Um, maybe second guess doing the worm as a, as a little bit of a bracket advice. No, that, that, that <laughs> lesson has been learned. There's not been a worm since. I remember, I, I think I got confident I could do it, but I would, I would go down. I couldn't go back up. I was I, I went down quite gracefully, and then that was it. I was like, no, that's that's just that's where we we are now. I'll just get up very uh, badly. Um, so yeah, so as far as set we said during the pandemic, you you've been training. Um, have you been keeping an eye on the wrestling? Have you been watching anything in particular? Have you been studying any wrestlers in particular? Um, I've been absolutely loving Asuka during the pandemic era. Um, I was always a massive fan of Asuka to begin with. Um, anyone that strikes, I'm, I'm there. Um, but Asuka in particular, um, like her, just her character and her charisma, it's just been an absolute joy to watch. Um, same with Drew McIntyre. Like, he's, he's firmly where he belongs at the, at the top spot in that company right now. He's absolutely incredible to watch right now. And... Um, it's, it's, it's hard to believe that it's just a guy from Prestwick. I think it's Prestwick he's from. All right. He's from here. here somewhere. I just yeah. read his, I'm reading his book. I should really know. <laughs> um, but like, it's, it's hard to believe that's, that's someone from 
on like from here. They can they can be the face of this this global company. You know, it's just, it's just he's he's a good reminder to people that that if you if you really do believe in yourself to do something, you'll do it. That's that's it. That's it. There's a guy that I say, like you say, from air on top of the world, one of the in the leading global brand of sports entertainment, wrestling, whatever you want to call it. And he's from this country that's got less than what five million people. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, there's there's that means there's I was gonna say there's a one in five million chance that you'll make it WWE, but Nikki, uh, Kenny Williams. Isla Dawn, yeah. Viper, Kaylee Ray—it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like um, the U the UK scene as a whole has just exploded over the past few years, and and you're starting to see that. It's starting to reflect in where these people are working now. And, and hopefully, we're we're due a little bit of a revival once once things open up and people are just just clamoring to just see entertainment. And oh, oh yeah, definitely, watch it. definitely. Uh, so as far as, as matches, is there any that you that you go back to quite a lot? Any that you'd recommend? Some of your favourites that you've ever watched, whether it's your own, whether it's ones you've seen live, or the WWE, AEW, whatever. Any any favourite matches? Um, I'll always tell people to watch Kane versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 14, purely because um, that was one of my personal favourite matches, just with the storyline and how that was built, like that, that match was hype because just purely with how they built Kane up at that time and just like the, the emotional connection that, that you felt in that, like it was just amazing storytelling from beginning to end with that whole story arc. Um, and it's again, that's that's two guys who are the biggest reasons that I'm a wrestling fan in the first place. Um, one of my personal favourite matches, like for my neutral, would be British Bulldog and Owen Hart for the European Championship. Right, in Germany, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dortmund, I think it was, or Dusseldorf, one of those ones. Um, but um, that, that match was just a technical masterclass with storytelling, and that's, that's wrestling done right, in my opinion. Um, for my own personal matches um, the first time I watched ADM at that Govan venue that was that's one of my personal favourite matches because it just it, 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 it's one of those matches where like you feel good about it like you're the heel I'm the face you smack me I smack you everyone's having a laugh it's just it was, it was one of those feel-good matches that you feel good having. And goes without saying as well, the, the Mike Bailey match. Like, that was... I don't know how I got through that match, to be honest. That was all adrenaline. It was just... Um, that that was the biggest rush I've ever had in any match. Just someone, someone saying, you should trade off with Mike Bailey. Yeah, that's a great idea. And then, and then moments later thinking oh this might not be the best idea but I'm enjoying it <laughs> this was not a good idea um, guy hits like a truck but um, fantastic worker fantastic I love him so much 
Uh, I'm just realising when, when you're speaking about Kane that much and we spoke about your face paint being a, a card or something from Skyrim, um, mm-hmm. just, just the way that it's kind of scarred across your face is very reminiscent of Cade's mask. Not exactly, but it's very kind of mm-hmm. similar that way, uh, whether that was a subconscious choice in your life that's when um, that's how that's how it looks cool right across the face. Um, have you ever seen the, the, the like, concept art for Kane's DX attire? Uh, not as DX one, no. I think I don't know if it's concept art or if it's just one of those myths that went around the internet, but it was, instead of like, the red and black, it was supposed to be green and black. All right. Um, oh. It's just, I just thought I'd bring that up because it just sounds weird. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I, thought, I thought you were going to say like um, his original concept art for when the, the character first got developed. Oh, yeah, the cape. When they had like, the cape and stuff. I love the cape. I, I love the cape as well. A lot of people like get away. No, I, I personally loved it. It looks, it looks a million times better of how he did turn out. Yeah, but like the cape would have been interesting. I think it's the right bunch of Edna modes, just like no cape. Uh, so <laughs> we, we spoke music. We spoke, which I'm I'm very much interested now. Gaming, music, wrestling, we've done all that. What's your what's your film choice, TV choice? What's your what's your binge watch on your Netflix? Um, like my my favorite films are like the eighties golden oldies, like um, Aliens, Predator, Terminator films, like um, o- only one, two, and Salvation. The rest of them can nah, don't like them. Salvation can get in the bin. <laughs> I, I like Salvation. I really liked it. Um, it was the first film I watched, but I had uh, surgery in my lower back, and I've, I've I remember I spoke recently about it. Must, I think it might be Alan Smith from Discovery, someone anyway. And yeah, I went to see. No, it was a crush trip. Anyway, uh, so as I sat and watched it, and I was in pain. I thought, no, no, I've paid fiver for my ticket. I'm sitting and watching this whole film, and it got to the point where it was just like, oh, I need a heart. I uh, just shouted. There's only three people in the cinema. And I went, oh, he'll give you his. And then the guy went, I'll give you my heart. And I was like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> 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 I don't want to be here anymore, but I'm staying till the end because I paid my money. <laughs> it's just, like, um, oh, the worst. <laughs> like, for, for me in that film, it was just like um, how good visually it was. Like, yeah, Christian Bale was just, he, he was full on Batman in that film. It was John Connor being Batman, which I didn't like too much, but um, like the visuals were fantastic. The HKs and the T-800s at the end, like, that looked absolutely amazing. Because then that was like, that was been like 11, 12 years ago now. And that that would probably still stand up to today's standards. You see things like that, like uh, Toy Story, it still looks amazing. And it was what, 95 they came out? Um, Jurassic Park as well. There you go. Yeah, I mean, some, yeah. some things, uh, you, you wonder how some films nowadays can look so poor when they're able to do it on a shoe, well, not shoestring, but they're able to do it on yeah. less uh, advanced technology back in the day. I mean, even Star Wars. Yeah, well, I think, I think because the, the bar has been set so high with Star Wars as well, like, so anything that doesn't look completely seamless, you, you notice it. Because mm. even with the original trilogy, like when you watch that as a kid, like you'd you wouldn't care that you could maybe see a bit of the stick that they're using for the lightsaber. 
You don't care because laser sword. <laughs> you, but, can get, like, you can get through a lot of uh, things just with a laser sword. It's just like it's the answer to many problems, man. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, right. So I think, I think we've we've wrapped up everything that we want to speak about. And oh no, oh no, we've run out of time for the steps thing. Oh no. Uh, so um, like I say, you say what your advice was uh, for for yourself, but. Uh, one question we did ask way back when we did our, our Q&A with you on the website is why you wanted to to be a pro wrestler and why you continue to do it. Um, pretty much was just because you love doing it. Is is that pretty much the same? Do you still love doing the pro wrestling? Absolutely. And um, like we always, we always say to ourselves, like, um, never take this for granted because you don't, you don't know what can happen. Um, usually... We apply that to, like, if, if we hear someone's got a really bad injury and they need to retire and stuff like that, but um, you never think for a minute that it's going to apply to basically a world-breaking event, such as the pandemic. So um, actually being able to live through that and realise we have taken wrestling for granted. We've taken a lot of things for granted and... Um, a lot of things that transcend wrestling itself, to be fair. Um, the, like, like everyone's safety should always come before a wrestling show. No doubt about that. But um, when um, when things are back, I, I really cannot wait to be back doing what I love. Uh, and what I love is being out in that ring, performing in front of a paying crowd and... Being a guy that they can cheer or boo, sometimes both, depending on what venue you're at. Um, like you, it's just it's so it's so easy to to take things like that for granted when when it happens when you when you do something so often for so long, and then you get told stop. That's when your your brain starts thinking. That's when you start thinking. What if I, I should have done this? What if I'd done this? If I pulled the trigger on this idea, how would I be getting received? Would it, would it create more buzz for me coming back? All that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, my answer is 100% the same, if not even more determined to get back to it because I think everyone's going to start appreciating things a hell of a lot more now as well. You know? Absolutely, uh, but yeah, we're, we're we're wrapping up. But yeah, when you're speaking about about put, like pulling the trigger, putting things out there, that's pretty much why I'm still doing this. I'm doing this podcast because some folk are either aren't putting themselves out there, or don't know how to, or don't want to, or just whatever. But at least this way, you get an hour. You can see, you can share your story. If only fifty people listen to it, that's fifty people that have learned a story. So. It's 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 uh, one of those things, but we'll continue. Hopefully, continue to do it. It's, it's the first one of season three, so hopefully, many more to come. But thank you for joining me today. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, they can find me on my Twitter handle, Luke underscore Matt underscore Grace. Um, I have the same Instagram handle, and I also have a Facebook page of the same name. Wonderful. Well, thank you for joining me today. No, thank you for having me. <laughs>